If 10 years ago you would, you would tell me that I was going to give a talk on how to be truly rich, uh, I would tell you, no, that's not true, that can't happen, that will not happen. You see, many years ago I thought that money was bad. I thought that business was, was evil. And I would look down at business people. I would say that business people are very, very stupid because all they do the whole day is to think about money. And uh, that's not very wise for me because we're, we have a soul. We have an eternal soul and we're going to go to heaven anyway. So why think about money and why think about business? That was my whole perspective. So I was one of those persons. I did not want to become rich. And I know that there are many people, uh, many Filipinos who do not inside, you know, they do not want to become rich. They're very confused, you know. And uh, I, I remember I was, I was, it all started when I was 12 years old. I came to Nogan in a very personal way. When I was 13, I read the story of the life of St. Francis of Assisi. Do you know the guy? St. Francis of Assisi. Started loving him, started wanting to be like him, wanting to love God and pray the way Francis did, wanting to serve the poor the way Francis did, wanting to dress up the way Francis did, wanted to smell the way Francis did. And I remember as a 14-year-old boy, 13-year-old boy reading the story of St. Francis, I started uh, giving my clothes away to the poor. Of course, my mother didn't know. She'd enter the bedroom, open the closet, and she, she did not find my clothes, you know. Bo, where are your clothes? And I'd tell her at the back, I gave them to the poor. <laughs> no. Yes, because Jesus wants us to love the poor. I drove her crazy. I would bring home street children from Edsa, you know, wanting to imitate St. Francis. That 13, 14-year-old boy. Mom, this little boy is going to live with us, you know. And uh, that, that, was not, that was not bad. You know what's really bad? I brought an old man. After a while, I brought an old man, really, really old and, and really dirty, like covered with soot, black, you know. That has not taken a bath for years, you know. Mom, he's going to live with us. You know? And mom said, oh gosh, where does he come from? So I tell the old man, old man, tell, tell my mother where you come from. So I said, galing po so QI. And so my mother said, over my dead body, will that man live with us? And I said, mom, no, Jesus wants us to love the poor. And that, that little boy I brought home from Edsa, that boy is going to stay in my bedroom. This old man, he's got to stay in your bedroom. I drove her up the wall, you know. I remember, I remember that, uh, that that was who I was. I did not want money. I did not want to think about money. I didn't want to study about money. I didn't want to read about money. I did not want to have anything to do with money. I wanted to love God, serve God, give my life to God. And that was me. That was my missionary days. Uh, uh, I thought I'd, not, I'd never get married. I really thought that I'll be single for life. And so, you know, why, why touch money? Why save money? Why go to banks? Why have a job? Why have a business? When I graduated from college, continue to serve God, I thought that I'll be staying in a, in a sidewalk. Like, stay in a sidewalk, live there. You know? that, that was my whole idea. As a 14, 15-year-old boy, I deliberately already was working, uh, ministering in slum areas. I would go to a squatter's area, preach the gospel, uh, go house to house, you know, and live there. I actually lived with the houses there, lived with the poor, and loved it, loved every bit, like St. Francis. And I said, this is going to be my life. And I pitied businessmen. Are there businessmen here? Raise your hand. No one anymore, okay. I felt money was dumb, I felt business was dumb, and then something happened. Along the way, I began to change my mind about money. And you want to know what happened? You want to know? 
I got married. <laughs> you know, when you get married, you realize importante pala yung pera, no? And, uh, but, but not only that, even before I got married, there were already moments of, uh, yeah, you know, that one of the pivotal things that happened was I was, after, after giving a talk in a prayer meeting, at the end of the prayer meeting, there was this woman with her daughter. She comes talking to me and she says, Bo, please pray over me. I've got a problem. You know, my, I, just please pray over me. And I said, sure, I'll pray over you. What do you want me to pray for? And she said, my daughter, she's, uh, she's got a... Uh, and she was, she was bringing her daughter. She said, tomorrow's the, my, the, the deadline of the enrollment of my daughter. And, uh, oh, you, I don't have money. I've been praying to God for money for two weeks now, and there's no money, and please pray over me. And I said, sure, I'll pray over you. Out of curiosity, I said, how much do you need? You know, just curious. curious. And, I, and she said, oh, I... Nakakahiya, brother Bo, pero 700 pesos lang. Yung monthly installment ba ng, ng tuitions? And I said, 700? Seven, you know when I heard 700, you know what I wanted to do? Ask me what? I wanted to pull out my wallet and say, pa-pray over, pray over pa tayo, 700. <laughs> oh, I wanted to do that. I couldn't. Ask me why. I had 20 pesos in my wallet. I'm not kidding. That was the kind of life I lived. I did not think about money, did not save money. You know, if somebody gives me money, I'd give it away right away or, or, or spend it. And it's, that, that was not in my thing. I had 20 pesos. And so I said, let me pray over you. <laughs> so I pray over her. Okay? And after praying over her, she, 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 she's very happy, turns around, she was crying. You know, I said, thank you so much. And she turned around and she, she walked out with the daughter. And as she was walking out, she was walking very slowly. Um, you know what I mean? You know why? You know why? Of course she was waiting for something. You know, for me to say, Eto sister, konting ano. Diba? But how could I do that? Eto sister, 20 pesos. How could I do that? And so there I was just staring at her. Please go, please go away. And so she, she, she leaves the hall. I sit down. And I had those, one of those aha moments of my life, really. Like I sat down. I felt so miserable. How many of you have ever experienced that? You want to help someone, you can't. Not, you, know, you know what I'm saying? You had experience, you, you want to help someone, you cannot because you didn't have the means to, to do it. And so there I was, I felt so miserable. I, I, I closed my eyes and there was a prayer that came, came out of my heart. I said, God, please make me rich. You know? and, and it was the first time I prayed that prayer because you know, I did not want to become rich. And I think many religious people don't want to become rich. On the outside, maybe they do. They pray this way. Lord God, please give me money. Please give me money. I need to pay some debts. Please, Lord. But not too much. Not too much. Because I want to be pure and holy. You know what I'm saying? There's a confusion there. And, and uh, that confusion uh, gradually disappeared. Today, today I, I, do, I, do am a, I am a businessman now. Small, small businesses. And God has blessed me in, in incredible ways. And pwede magpayabang. Pwede. Uh, last year, there was this young man came, came up to me and he said, Bo, I, uh, Brother Bo, I have something to share with you. I said, sure, what's that? And uh, he gave me this box, thin box. I opened it. And there was a huge gold medal inside. You know? And I said, wow, what's that? And, and he said, sumo kum laude. And he said, thank you, Bo because of you. He was one of my scholars. And I have this batch of scholars that, that I support now because of what God has 
done in blessing my businesses from someone who had 20 pesos in his wallet who could not help this mother and daughter to now having a, uh, a, 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 a group of scholars that I support. Uh, that's, that's my journey. I'm not the richest man here in this room, I'm not. But I think the reason why I stand before you is the, the way God has blessed me from being so poor and not being able to help anyone to someone who can help now. And uh, that's the journey I'd like to share with you today. Are you ready? Are you sure? Okay, because they don't want to become rich. The second reason is because they are financially stupid. There are so many people, there are many Filipinos, they, they just don't know what it means to, how, how money works and so on. I remember this guy, he, he retired from work and he had five million pesos in retirement. Is that big? That's big, that's okay, you know, five million pesos. But when he retired, he had some housing loan from the past, and so he started, he had to pay that. So uh, the housing loan was, I think, the, what was left over was about a million. So how much money did he have left? Four million. It's still okay, right? And then he, you know, he wanted to, he, he wanted, for, you know, he had four million in the bank, so he wanted to have a brand new car. Like, it was really his dream, so he bought a CRV and, and bought a nice, nice, uh, nice car and Let's round it off to one million. How much does he have now? Three million. And so when he parked his brand new car in his garage, parang hindi bagay yung car sa garage. Parang luma na yung garage. So he started, you know, fixing it a bit and and uh, you know remodeling a little bit his house and repainting. And he started, um, you know, retiling the bathroom and adding a little patio where he could sit in his rocking chair. And you know, uh, so he he spent another million there. How much does he have left? Okay, two million left. How much, how long do you think will two million last for a retired person? Not very long. So that's what you call financial what? Stupidity. Yes? Many Filipinos are financially stupid. They do not know how money works. But I'm sure that you as COL customers, you know how money works. And that's why you are customers of COL. Am I right? Can you just tell the person beside you, congratulations. Let me share with you now the eight secrets of the truly rich. Are you ready? Everybody say, I'm ready. ready. Okay. Be responsible for your financial success. Say that with me, please. Let's read Albert Ellis and his quote. The best years of your life are the ones in which you decide your problems are your own. You don't blame them on your mother, the ecology, or the president. You realize that you control your, your own destiny. Everybody say that. I control my own destiny. God has given us that responsibility. Don't, don't give that to God. God, when God created you, He gave you free will. In Deuteronomy 30 verse 1, it says, I have placed before you blessing and curse. God says that. Put before you blessing and curse, you choose. That's what God says. Everybody say, choose. choose. Tell the person beside you, choose. If God were to put in front of you blessing and curse, what would you choose? Are you sure? Why is it that many times we choose the curse? We do. We actively choose the curse. Right? Yes? You know, when we do harmful things to our body, when we do harmful things to our family, when we don't spend time with our family and instead focus on, on simply our businesses or our job, you know, we, we, we choose the curse. Am I right? When we don't take care of our spiritual health, we choose the curse. And even in our financial life, 
we've got to choose the blessing. But just want to say that, that the first secret to, to be truly rich is to be totally responsible for your financial success. Enlarge your psychological wallet. Say that with me, please. I love T. Harv Ecker when he says, together please, read with me. There is a secret psychology to money. Most people don't know about it. That's why m most people never become financially successful. A lack of money is not the problem. It is merely a symptom of what's going on inside you. There are people who have a small psychological wallet. And you know what God wants to do? He wants to give you blessing. That's the kind of God I love and I've, I've found out. He, he, he wants to bless. It is His nature to bless. He's a generous God. If you, if you look at the universe, you realize that God is an incredibly, magnificently generous God. Agree? How many, how many stars are there in the universe? Can you count? You can't. How many galaxies are there in the universe? Can you count? There, there is a, we worship a God of, of, of great magnanimity, a great, generous God. And, and when, he, when he sees someone he loves, he wants to bless with abundance that person. Ang problema ganito, maliit yung ating psychological wallet. So we, you've got this wallet, and it's a small wallet. And God says, let me bless it. Let, let me put abundance in that wallet. Hindi kasha. Bakit? Kasi ang liit ng psychological wallet natin. What am I saying? There are people who are 10,000 peso persons. They identify themselves and they label themselves as 10,000 persons. I am a 10,000 peso person. Pag 9,000 pesos ang pera nila, hindi mapakali. You know, like 9,000 pesos lang ang pera ko, hindi pa 10,000. They'll work, they'll do something, they'll save, they'll, they'll, they'll try, try to make it 10. Once they're 10,000, they're kind of like, they're okay, they're okay. And then suddenly, maybe the boss gives them a big bonus of 10,000, 20,000 pesos na ang pera nila. Anong, anong nangyayari? On the outside, they're happy. Sa labas, parang, wow, 20,000. Sa loob, they're panicking. Subconsciously, they're panicking. Why? It's beyond their psychological wallets. It's beyond their money comfort zone. Say that with me. Money comfort zone. Their money comfort zone is only until 10. Once they have more than that, they kind of like panic. Hindi bagay sa akin ang may 20,000. What do they do? They spend it. They lose it. You got me? You got me? There is within you what I call a homing instinct. Say that with me. Homing instinct. Meaning to say, you know, in, in my life, one of the things I've, I've, I've been helping the poor um, for so many years now. And sometimes what happens is when I help, I, I give a scholarship to someone, I give a house to someone, you know, and, and ang gumaganda na yung buhay nila. Talagang matatapos lang sa college, no? From a life of poverty, parang gaganda na yung buhay nila. At, at that point, when, when success is around the corner, that person will sabotage his progress. Mabubuntis, magda-drugs ulit, babalik sa barkada. Yung parang, you'll just scratch your head and say, ang lapit na ng success, maaaw na sana yung buong pamilya niya. Why? Homing instinct. That person is so afraid of uncertainty. Wealth, abundance is very uncertain. What happens is that there is a homing instinct within you. Listen carefully. You want to subconsciously recreate the childhood home that you've had. 
And if, you, if your childhood home was very painful, it does not matter. If the childhood home was poverty, it does not matter. There is something subconscious within you that you'd like to go back to that because that's what you are, what you're comfortable with. That's what you are, that's what you're familiar with. You got me? And so that the homing instinct is very powerful. And what you need to do is reprogram your mind and your psychology to say, no, I want to enlarge my psychological wallet. Pakikalabit mo yung katabi mo, sabi mo sa kanya, lakihan mo naman. Okay. Everybody say that. Increase your money comfort zone. Tell the person beside you, increase your money comfort zone. Unless you see it in your mind, it won't happen in reality. Say that. Do you see yourself becoming a millionaire? Are you sure? Millionaire not in pesos but in dollars. Are you sure? Most of the people here are already millionaires in pesos. I'm talking about dollars. Yes? Okay. Can you see it? You've got to see it for it to become a reality. And be able to see it and be able to believe it and be able to already think that way. And then think of all the things. That, you know, it's not, money's not important as what you want to do with that money. Yes? You know, money is important. I'm not saying money is not important, but money is not important when you compare it with what you want to do with the money. So what do you do with the millions? Oh, by the way, I, I, I calculated this and I got my, my friend taught me, taught me how to calculate and, and he gave me the table, fantastic table. Do you know, can you save 1,000 pesos a month? And you know, if you use it in city second line and, and grow an average of 12%, just 12% a year, you know, right? I mean, there, there are years you, you'll grow at 20, there are years you'll grow at 5, but you know, you average at 12. Right? 1,000 a month, 1,000, you can do that, save, put it in the city sack, 1,000 a month, 1,000 a month, right? Do you know that you can be a billionaire? You want to be a billionaire? Are you sure? Sometimes it's like, billionaire? <laughs> 80 years, 80 years. 1,000 a month, growing at 12% at the age of 80, you're a billionaire. Brother Bonaman, I'm already 45. What, what are you talking about? Eight? It's not for you. It's for your family. You know? Start a family tradition. You've got a baby? You've got kids? Teach them. 1,000 a month. 1,000 a month. 1,000 a month at 12%. In 80 years, you'll be a billionaire. It's a... Uh, and, and you've got to think. Can, can you say that to the person beside you? Bagay sa akin maging billionario. You've got to think that way, that it's within your reach, and, and that it's possible. But when you don't think that way, it will never happen. It will never happen. Your self-image will attract your level of success. There are people who look down on themselves. Really. And, and, and they, they say, hindi, hindi, hindi ako, naku, billionaire, ano ba yung pinag-uusapan? Hindi, maliit lang na tao ako. Hey, if you think that way, then that's what's gonna happen. I don't care how much technical skills you have, I don't care how, what kind of work you do, I don't care what businesses you get into, it won't happen, your self-image. 
This is, you know, this, this, is, this is my role. This is what I do. I try to raise up your self-image by telling you that you're a child of God and that God loves you, that you're made in His image and likeness and you don't look down on yourself because God does not make trash. Yes? You are beautiful. You are so beautiful because you're the children of God and never, ever look down on yourself. Secret number three. Together, please. Get rid of crazy religious beliefs. One more time. In Matthew 19, verse 24, it says, Again, I tell you, it is easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. Is this verse familiar to you? You know, you read that verse, and, and my interpretation before was, Oh my gosh. Oh no. It is im- Kawawa naman yung mga mayayaman. Hindi makakapasok sa langit. Kawawa naman si Edward. Ay, nako. Huh? Ganon, ganon. You, you, can, you, can, you can read this and say, But you know what? It's a total misinterpretation. Ask me why. Have you ever seen a camel? Okay. Have you seen an eye of a needle? Can a camel go through an eye of a needle? Let's make it even smaller. Can a dog go through an eye of a needle? Can a cat go through an eye of a needle? Can a rat go through an eye of a needle? No, I mean, so it is what? Impossible, right? So, you're right. A rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven is impossible. But that's, that can't be the message of the Bible. And, and you read through history, you read through the culture of the story, and you, and you realize, and this is what I realized, when you say, I have a needle, say, I have a needle. It was a Jewish idiom. Jesus, when he spoke this to his crowd, they perfectly understood him because they were Jews. This is a Jewish idiom during biblical times. The eye of a needle was really the house of the camel. Question. Can the... The, the, the eye of a needle was the doorway of the house of the camel. You got me? And the doorway of that house was small. And so, question, can the camel go through the door of his own house? You got me? So it's not impossible. It's just small. And what the camel has to do, if it comes from a rich caravan, has to take that, the, the, the load off his back, has to uh, stoop and go through the doorway. And that, that, that's a wonderful picture of what a, what a rich man has to do. The rich man has to not be attached to his wealth, yes, and bend in humility and say, everything I have comes from God. Amen? And you go through heaven. Edward can go to heaven. Right? Tell the person beside you, you can go to heaven. It's okay. You just have to do two things. Be detached, you know, from your wealth. and, and, And be humble enough to recognize that God is the blesser of all things. Don't romanticize poverty. Don't do that. There are many religious people who are very... Yung mga mahihira, ano yan eh? Happy sila. <laughs> How many of you watched Titanic? Titanic. They, they romanticized poverty in, in Titanic. You don't know? You don't, you don't remember. Uh, Rose was the daughter of a rich woman, or thereabouts, you know. 
and Jack was of the poorer class. There was a first class uh, cabin for, in the ship, and then there was what? And the, so, so yeah, J, J, James Cameron was it? Was it? Was it the guy? You know, the director. Ang ganda ng kanyang comparison, di ba? Or you forgot the movie already? First class, very uptight, very rigid, you know, very quiet, very. Um, hello, how are you? Diba? Sa baba, anong nangyayari? Party, sayawan, happy. They were romanticizing poverty. I'm telling you, I lived in the slums when I was 14, 15, 16 years old. I slept in a room with nine people around me. Uh, in one tiny room, we, we were, it was so small that we had to sleep on one side. At three in the morning, somebody stands up and says, okay, let's move to the other side. You know? It was so small. We shared one CR with four other families. Can you just imagine four families sharing one dark, dingy, damp comfort room? And, and we had to line up every morning. I had to line up every morning. That's how I learned how to dance. You know? And, and believe me, there is nothing romantic. There's nothing beautiful about poverty. I tell you. There was this baby crying in the middle of the night. Our neighbor. Why? Walang, walang pera. Pambili ng, ng, ng gatas. What, what's so beautiful about that? There's another neighbor we had. Uh, yung, 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 yung matanda nila. Yung lolo nila. May lolo, lola. Uh, could, could not go to the hospital. What, had to go to the hospital. Could not go to the hospital because there was no money. What's so romantic about that? There is nothing absolutely romantic about poverty. You know? The reason why God says, blessed are the poor. Why? Because He favors them. And He loves the poor. And sometimes we get this wrong idea. God loves the poor. And He favors the poor. Preferential option for the poor. The church of the poor. Diba? Parang, we, we have this idea na, wow, mahal pa na Lord, yung mga mahihirap ano. So you go to a poor person and say, alam mo, swerte ka. Mahal ka ni Lord. Favorite ka. You know? Nasa Bible yan. Oh, blessed are the poor. Galing? Galing mo? Swerte ka. Stay that way. Mali ano? You know the reason when God says blessed are the poor, it means that God's, God wants to accompany the poor person in his poverty and his grief, and his sadness. He wants to accompany that person so that he could lift up that person from poverty. Yes? And that's your role, and that's my role. Our role in life, our mission in life, is to help the poor and to lift them out of poverty. Yes? And that's what we need to do with our life because we cannot give what we do not have. so much for your monthly tithes and love offering to the Rigma family, without which this broadcast won't be possible. 
We know that God will reward you abundantly for your generosity. God bless you.